Welcome. How's it going? Welcome to this week's episode of Paddy Pogs Golf. If you're new here, let me know. Get on to me there over on the Instagram at Paddy Talks Golf. I'm quite, I'm quite creative with the old names, you know. Um, if you didn't know, I was being sarcastic. Um, you probably press play if you are new. Uh, if you aren't new, welcome back. If you are new, you probably press play. Not a please and posted for a podcast. Um, posted. That's annoying to hear, so I'll try and stop doing that. You probably pressed play because uh, the golfing Buddha is in the title. It's not clickbait. It is the golfing Buddha. It is David Carney. He's back. He's back on the channel, on the podcast. Um, he's written a book. He's written a book. Like all the, he's been journaling over twenty years, traveling the world, and throughout his career as a teaching professional, as a coach, leading the high performance in ladies golf here in Ireland, and uh, yeah, bringing some of our most elite amateurs into the professional game and still mentors them to this day. Even the Wire Sisters and Little Mahaffey and numerous, numerous others. Um, yeah, a hive of information, and he's put it all into a book. So, um, to get that book, <laughs> it's in the show notes below. I'll link it there. Or I'll be posting on it on, on the Instagram and the Twitter sphere and, and all those places. It's really intriguing. I'm actually, since I have, since I chatted with Dave the other day, I have now halfway through the book. Um, and it's intriguing. I love it. It's already one of my favorites. It's right up there with um, Atomic Habits, with um, Matthew McConaughey's Green Lights, uh, and yes, with Harry Penix, a little. Red and Green Books. So I do implore you to go get it. Um, fantastic character. Fantastic knowledge. And without further ado, you don't want to be listening to me. You press play to be listening to David. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. And uh, yeah, we'll have a little chat afterwards. So go to bed. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Where's well, Joe Bradley? What did he get at? Welcome everyone. We are sitting down. Where, where are you now, David? Are you in locally, or are you? No, I'm back again. I came back yesterday. I'm in Turkey. And funnily enough, I'm Turkey. actually. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, but it's, it's 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 quite uh, interesting because I'm actually working with um, Ukraine national coach and some of their players this weekend, which is amazing experience, as you can imagine, with the way things are in Ukraine at the moment. So everybody's very much on edge, but uh, life goes on, you know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Well, we're we're sitting down because you are a published author, Mister Carney. Well, we're up and going. I, I'm. <laughs> it's been a kind of a surreal experience. Uh, my daughter walked past the shop in Dubray and Black Rock last week uh, during over the weekend and saw a couple of copies on the table. So it's it's um yeah. Look at it, it's it's uh, it's quite surreal to see it out there eventually after all these years of procrastinating. I suppose you know. No, it's deadly. Now, for anybody listening, there is some work going on in my back garden. So if you hear scraping or shovels, it's not in <laughs> it's not in Turkey. It's it's at the other side of my window. But um, so so don't worry. There's nothing like a bit of um, contextual and texture uh, while you're listening to something. But we hopefully it's not too loud. Um, the golfing Buddha: A spiritual journey to the Olympic Games. Now, after our conversation, David, I uh, you know a year ago, there was a couple of takeaways that I try and put into my everyday life, such as. 
what resonated with me was um, when your two feet hit the floor, you kind of set out what you want to achieve that day, right? So little things. Mm-hmm. But uh, I haven't read this book because I have it 24 hours, but it's definitely gone to the top of my pile. Um, so I'm going to read it before uh, Phil Jackson's 11 Rings is in front of me. I'm going to read it before Pia Nielsen's Be a Player, right? This mm-hmm. is Because it has already intrigued me by the way it's set out. So it's set out... Uh, it said, I'm just going to the details page here, 11 chapters. Um, but I like the way it's set out by, you know, kind of pivotal milestones in your journey today, but also like, like takeaways, you know, round one, determining your values, round two, round three and four, like a, like a tournament, four day tournament. Um, there's, I also like the fact that, you know, you have your further reading, like all of the contributing or contributing you know, books as you've read. Um, that's really, really and uh, it makes me feel good that I've listened to three or four of them, but it's quite a library. Why did you uh, write a book, David? Or um, Mr. Carney? I wrote, I wrote it. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote a book. I think I wrote my first book, I think, when I was 12 or 13, believe it or not, at school and um, found it actually over the last 10 or 15 years. And I've rehashed it as well. It's quite an interesting one that may that may see the light of day in the next few years. But I wrote it, um, honestly speaking, over the course of the last 20 years, I've had a, a great run traveling, a great run traveling with a great team of people around me. I've read some great stuff. I've had some great mentors. And thankfully, over those 20 years, I managed to keep a journal from 2003, actually. So um, the journal led up of little snippets, bits and pieces, some in good handwriting, some not so good, all legible from my perspective. And um, some of it was quite vulnerable. Some of it was quite bare, I think. Um, some of it was at times of trouble and some of it was times of elation, like any life, I think, for anybody. And so over the course of the last few years, I always had it in my mind that wouldn't it be nice for me, not for anybody else, but for me to pull that together into some form of coherency. And then I started to work, um, shout out to the Sports Institute, one of the support people that they always, they, they're always great support when we were national coaches. And I met Dr. Paul Gaffney, who had a couple of books out and Paul was doing some work with some of the coaches. He was doing some work with me personally, which I found invaluable. And gentle prod from Paul, gentle nudge. And then all of a sudden I had a few chapters and then Paul said, this is great. I don't know whether he's been nice or whether he's been encouraging. Um, and then COVID came, and I suppose there's what, 57,000 words in the book. I'd say 15,000 came out in my daughter's bedroom very quickly a week that I was isolating. Um, and then I just, a lot, as, you, as, you, as we've spoken of before, I do a heck of a lot of travel. So I decided about two years ago to make all of those journeys useful and, and to capture my thoughts and to start to, to write it and start to print And um, lo and behold, the net result was the Gulf of Buddha, which I think really is, um, in many ways, there's a format of the book is maybe perhaps some stuff that I've learned. And then the next chapter is a live chapter from Tokyo, where I was lucky enough to spend time with the two girls and all the Irish team, um, which is a kind of a golfy perspective on things. Then it goes back to maybe a, a lesson again that we might uh, listen to, whether we take anything from it or not is another thing, but it's definitely something that's helped me. And I suppose in many ways, yeah, probably the, the aim of the book is not to be pious or perfect. There's a lot of imperfection in the book for me personally, but the aim is to try to get parents, coaches, and some athletes to think a little bit about um, taking responsibility ultimately, which is my big takeaway from the book, is that we're whilst we love our families and 
and, and we're, we're strong teams and weak teams and we're with great coaches and super players or, or whether with friends down for a, a pint at the pub but, but like actually we're always alone unfortunately it's it's we're sailing the ship alone and the big shout out from the book for is to is that if we take responsibility uh, regardless of what everybody else allegedly impacts us with we're far better equipped I know I'm far better equipped to handle it um, so I really enjoyed it and then we started to it started to be ready and a really nice lady called Crawford in Cavan read it for me and corrected my spelling and uh, you know was really really helpful with that a few hours on it for me over the course of the month and really was just kind of again giving me confidence to say David I've done everything I think I can do to that but I think this is really good and then of course uh, my great long-term friend Owen Heffernan down in Galway put a lovely cover on it and helped me a little dropping it into the format and then Turlock in 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 Kilachandra at Harvest Moon Books into this. So it was a real team effort with with uh, some people that I've known for many years. And um yeah, that result was it just kept going to stages. It just said we've the cover done now. Well we've the thing done now. Well why don't we print a few copies now? Well why don't we try to sell it? So, so on and so forth. And Robert, my business partner at Sigmoid has been speaking about it over the last number of months and we honestly think that a huge amount we stand for as a company sits in there in terms of, you know, do, trying at least to do it right and trying to make decisions that are for the long game as opposed to the short game. Absolutely. To use a cup of coffee analogies, that's brilliant. I mean, I I love a book that I don't need to read cover to cover that I can pick up yeah. and I can say, I can pick out, okay, it, I'm going to read a bit here about you know, right effort, and I can I can go straight to page 190 and learn something, um, as opposed to uh, go end to end and take a couple takeaways. So, I really love the the structure that's here. You know, I'm re- I'm actually really excited to read the book, like <laughs> um, super, because I missed her I missed her audio book, and I struggled to actually, you know, take ownership or responsibility and physically read something. Um, how did you come out about with that structure? Is it from reading so many books, such as uh, one one book that stood out to me was Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey? So at the end of his chapter, he'd like a highlight or something he learned, and to hear it in his voice through the audiobook was actually quite impactful. Um, so yeah, how did you come out with the, the kind of structure of the book in this way? Yeah, I mean a lot of work to be honest with you. And before we go any further, I mean you know when you talk about responsibility to read a book, I mean a lot of the book is about, and you kind of chide yourself for that. Well. I never took responsibility to run an effective and informative podcast series. So what what I don't want is people thinking that everyone should read or people thinking that everyone should do what you do, do a podcast. The idea is that I know by your tone that when you do your podcast, you really enjoy it, probably look forward to it and get a lot out of it. I do the same from writing. So I think that's the whole idea. And that's the idea in particular with our children and with our students is the fact that if we could actually look a little bit more through the lens of what people enjoy and, and champion that and, and big it up as opposed to insisting that David does a podcast or Paul reads a book. It doesn't have to be like that. And I think that's really one of the nice things about the book. Uh, the structure just came absolutely 100% from what I would like to read myself, I'm afraid to admit. It came from, uh, I'd say, probably a third of the words of somebody else's. All the quotes that I've written into the book are all pieces that were in my in my notebook and my journal that I bought in, in Italy in 2003, I decided to um, pop them back into that book when the narrative suggested that they might be opportune. And that was to give this book as well a little bit of context in terms of I'm talking about something, but then 
I said, well, look at this guy who's far more learned and far more uh, experienced than me said it as well. So we must be onto something here, guys. So give it a try. That was really the kind of idea behind it. And then the break, the pause in the diary and going to Japan, which was an incredible experience, was, I think, for me to bring... Um, to bring the readers closer to Leona, Steph, Dermot, Kyle, myself, the team, Rory, Shane, Neil, in terms of being inside the ropes a little bit, being inside a, an Olympic Games. Um, and, and, you know, there's some bits and pieces in there in terms of whether it's a story from Dermot, which are fantastic, or a small little thing about how Leona goes about her practice rounds. But th- things like that, that were maybe more for the the golfy audience but i think at the end of the day I, I put three people into the into the hopper with this and that was somebody who's a parent and um, and that is trying to do their best for their children in terms of you know, the, the dichotomy am i too pushy am i not pushy enough and um, mm. giving my kid an opportunity and that's not just for sport that's for everything the athlete I, there's enough in there for the athlete who um needs maybe a little bit of psychological direction in terms of understanding that, you know what, you're, if you're doing the best you can do, that's it. I'm sorry, but that's it. If you're not doing the best you can do, well, maybe then we could lean into the eightfold path and we could look at that and we could discuss it and study it. And then, of course, all my coaching friends who, you know, and, and you can be a coach, an athlete and a parent at the same time sometimes, but, you know, for my peers, and, and a lot of them speak, I think, in the book, all our ILU coaching teams in the book brilliantly about what they learned as we went through this journey together, which I think ultimately when we look back at it was to try to get Irish ladies golf to a point where the culture, the environment and the performance was a world-class standard. Not like there's, it's not often I'm, you know, uh, stuck for a couple of words, Um, but it is like in terms of a book for, for parents, so I, I have a two-year-old, I have an 11-year-old. So there's a lot of things here that I can start even putting around, you know, their environments. And it might necessarily be for sport. You know, it could be just kind of, you know, what does my 11-year-old enjoy? Okay, well, let, let's put more around of that around his his room, around the house, um, so that when he looks, you know, it's areas of development and so that he enjoys and he's drawn to things rather than, you know, necessarily be kind of channeling down a, my preferred route, you know? Yeah. Um, like there's areas of the book, and it's not just something to read, it's actually something you can take and, and use and uh, develop yourself or people you're working with, whether it be, like you said, your kids or, or people you coach or, or indeed, like I try and showcase in this podcast of mine, is there's so many transferables between the world of golf and sport and that of sales and business, you know, sure. that there's a lot of takeaways in this book in terms of there's areas that you have, I'm flicking through it here, areas of reflection, you know, um, for like the right intention, take outside the box. So what about you? And are you clear about this? And have you listed them? And you're giving people a toolbox um, yes. of your learnings. Um, something that really pulled out, I actually walked uh, through with my wife last night. I flicked through the book and I came to page 119, determining your values. And that's something like I'm really enjoyed or am I into aside from this podcast is, you know, you're asking questions, you're giving your answer. So it's still about your learnings, but you're also asking the reader the question, you know, and it's, it's nine, it's 13 questions or so. And it's really did intrigue me because the reason there's work going on, David, is there's an office being built in the back garden. So it gives me an opportunity of, okay, question one, how do you fill your space? 
like your yeah. room or your office, what's in it. And before I was going, well, I'm going to put my golf bag and I'm going to put this picture and that picture. And now I'm like, no, it's not to be aesthetically pleasing. I want to surround myself and ourselves with things we enjoy in that space because we'll be in it for like six to 12 hours a day. Um, yeah. So there is loads of, loads of learning and, and loads of um you're giving people a toolbox, basically, what I'm trying to say, David, and I i can't wait to get through it. Um, what was the hardest part of putting this together, either through lockdown and finding those 15,000 words, or was, was there a part where you stumbled across and had to go back to the journal and go back to a memory or go back to a learning to get you over that writer's block or writer's hump of, of getting the golfing Buddha out there? It, the there was nothing hard about it. It was the most beautiful experience for me. It was, I mean, enjoyable um, in terms of just, I, I'm a thinker, I'm a reader, I love people, and it was, there's nothing hard about it. The only thing hard about it, the only anxious, panicky attack is, I suppose, what are you doing? You know, that, that, that whether it's an English thing, whether it's a, you know, who the hell do you think you are? I was going to say, I was going, that's comes up before. I think that's an Irish thing. Yeah, like anyone, who am I would, thinking I can put out a book? Would I like who you know? This is for the barbecue. Surely this is for the barbecue, and and I think the confidence piece was was the big thing. That was the hardest part for me to get to a point where you know to have the ability to be vulnerable and put it out, and let's say for example, really help four people, and. Honestly speaking, that uh, if, if it helped four people and seven hundred and forty-two pounds a load of rubbish, I'd be okay with that. Because I, I kind of one of the big things is ego. It, when I, I suppose when when ego used to hang around a lot more than it does now, and um, I wouldn't have put it out there. But since I've probably managed to understand what ego is and managed to wrestle him into submission, I, I don't care now really whether I don't care whether people think it's 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 aimed X, Y, or Z. But the four people that it helps, it'll be worth it. Well, there's four people in my house, David. So, <laughs> we can hit the, we can hit so the you've already <laughs> hit your KPI. Um, no, I'm really honest about that because it's it's something like this that I am more than prepared to take up and and, and run with because I like even from reading the what's in it, like the content, like this is so far up my street, like um, and it's not like you wrote a book for me. There's a lot of there's a lot of people in my demographic as well, like 25 to 45 and life is busy and, and we're all being, um, I suppose, encouraged to take that step back and get out of the day to day. And we have bloody wellness days at work, right? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you, if you went back to my Kilfenora in West Clare and you were working for the local guards and say, sorry, sorry, Tommy Canole, I need a couple of wellness days there. Um, well, so it is far from that I was raised, but it is true and like it is it is i suppose literature and books and toolboxes i'm going to call it the toolbox if you don't mind um like this that that really help people like me get our head around what can i do to kind of restructure how i do things and i think it's going to be a real um a real bit of value for not only the likes of me but people who who idolize you know the olivia mahaffey's and and the maguires and you know if you don't mind me saying, you're the the godfather. Uh, well, let's not let's not give you any offers we can't refuse. But like the 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 godfather, the grandfather of Irish golf for like the last twenty years. I mean, uh, so in terms of the lessons you've learned, and I think the quote at the end of the book of 
part of the, uh, I found it there. Yeah. That's the thing about books. They let you travel without moving your feet. So like mm-hmm. you've traveled the world for 20 plus years. We can all learn from, from your journeys. Um, you know, how does that make you feel knowing that, um, knowing that, you know, that you have a book that will, that is a bit of legacy and I'm not blowing something up your rear end here. It, I know by looking at, you know, I know when I picked up uh, Will Smith's book, which is here, or Atomic Habits book, like this, these are investments of my time that it's going to help redefine my life. How do you feel when you get that, I suppose, bit of feedback? I don't know, that you're going to add true value to not only athletes in the golfing niche, but like uh, to a lot of, a lot of people, like not just four people, David, <laughs> you know, we, we, we got, I got a lovely message last night from um, one of the players who's in the book. And um, she just, she just said something completely out of the blue, which was uh, one of our ILG, you know, we've got Carolyn there who worked in the office with me and she's got a brilliant piece that she wrote herself that I love. That's in the piece about scoreboards and Wi-Fi, which is just, you know, parents understanding, you know, the, the technological world we live in now and how, how Paul and Carla kind of tackled it when it first came out. Like, there's some beautiful stuff about that. Shannon Burke, one, a great player of ours, has a beautiful piece in about parenting because she's actually studying a parent, coach, um, student triad at the moment in the University of Ulster. She's just finished a very good paper on it. But I think, you know, when, when you get a message last night um, from one of the girls who's now at work and had a problem at work and read something that was completely unrelated to herself, but took it and acted on it today. I think that's the piece that I love most about it because when I look back on it and think about what I was trying to do um, and, and, and Howard Bennett gets me in the book, I was only ever trying to make people, when I was 15, I was only ever trying, to, and I didn't succeed all the time before, before I got a phone call. I did my best, but I succeeded most of the time. I was only trying to give people the hope that Howard gave me. And, and I only tried to give him, dispense the actual hope and the kind of advice and the support that could make people, like somebody could walk out of it and I could, I could say, well, do you know what? They're actually, they're in better shape now. And and it sounds a bit kind of, that's, of course, we got our bills, we got to do our stuff. But when I look back at the whole thing, I think that was my purpose. I wasn't the world's best golf coach and I wasn't the world's best organizer. But I think for me to try to put something down that could say, do you know what? It's going to be okay. Just keep going, keep at it, dig a little deeper, find out who you are, find out what you like, do every day. And you know what? Before you know it, it'll be over, but you'll have a good old life and be people around you. And I think those things came through hard and fast. And as I go to work each day now, I kind of still have my mantra about, you know, trying to do the things that I can do within the same day as best I can and try to influence and help as many people as I can. And if I do, uh, I think that's what I'm here for. I think I figured that out. So if anyone read it and if anyone enjoys it and if it helps anybody, whatever the sport, whatever the situation, I mean, that's going to be the beauty of it because um, that's definitely the intent around which it was written for. I don't think I can uh, synopsize the book anymore um, or what it's for or what it means to you or what it, the feedback means to you. I would just encourage anyone who listens to this that they pick up a copy of the book and they read it, like you said, and they take a couple of takeaways and they execute it and then they tell you about it. So they know where you live, Sigmoid, uh, Sigmoid Sports. So in the year, almost to the day, is it, that, that we had our initial episode? Very close, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was at the point where Sigmoid Sports had just started. So I thought yeah. we'll just uh, tangent off of that for a minute um, before we wrap it up. How has the year been? 
Well, it's been excellent and it's been really enjoyable, I think, in many, many ways. We, um, I, I suppose, you know, we've, Rob has helped a lot with this book as well. We've both, uh, for far more technical and mechanical things than I could have done, but we're up and going. We have uh, some events coming up, some book launches. We have uh, hopefully some workshops been booked in as we speak. We have three athletes that we help currently um, uh, talking to one or two others at the moment. And that's been really interesting because one of the things we spoke about last time and we, we don't go sourcing athletes, athletes come to, up, come to us when they hear our approach, which is very much around what I've just spoken to you about and around the, the, the centerpiece of the book. So that's going to be a slow burner, um, but it's a really enjoyable one where it's kind of based on performance, based on wellness, as opposed to based on based on, um, on on monetary gain, even though ultimately that will obviously have to be a, a serious consideration for anyone. That's an to outcome. Make, to, to make an outcome, yeah, exactly. So that, that's been really good. Um, speckled that with a little bit of coaching personally, which I've really enjoyed doing, doing my travel, doing my coaching. Um, and that's been a fantastic year. And I think, I, I, I actually was only thinking about this before I came on to you, but it's ridiculous to think that probably since I started to live my life the way that I've probably mm, advised is the wrong word laid out in the book. Um, I found things much more manageable. Uh, Patrick, I was always pretty good at a few things, but I was never great at life. I was never great at the game of life. I never understood it to a degree of like things would stress me out that shouldn't. Things would freak me out that shouldn't. But I think the kind of steps and the path, uh, the pathway that I laid out I still follow it myself and it makes it easier. It makes it more manageable for me to be able to function and to be able to hopefully have influence. So it's been great. To be honest, it's been super. Um, delighted with the way things are going in terms of the daily interactions with the athletes we support. Really enjoying those. And um, like everything else, just probably one day at a time. So very, very rare now to look back or to look forward too much. I'm in a very mindful spot, really, I suppose, as a human. So I very much take it one day at a time, which I really enjoyed that process as well. No, no, it's great. It's great to hear. Um, we love a good su success story. Um, I've been stalking how Sigma has been getting on as well, and um, it, it's great to see. Um, I am looking forward to um, the Golfing Buddha podcast or the, the DK pod or, um, you know, not just because that's what I enjoy to do, but um, you, you have a lot of value to give the world. Um, so I hope you or Rob consider um, putting one out there. Um, but yeah, I know what favorite book because I tend to gift books. I would gift. Uh, I'll show you now. People will be lost now on the podcast because I'm showing you books via video link mm -hmm, on Zoom. Mm -hmm. um, they just sparked up the console at the back. I think. But before this was my favorite book to gift, and I've like it's highlighted in it. Make time. I don't know, Jeff. I didn't see no, that on the list. I haven't seen that one, no. You'll, you'll enjoy that one. Okay, okay I'll, brilliant. I'll, I'll text okay. you after um, what it is. But I know already from having this chat with you and leaving through it myself, this is now my uh, my gifting book um, for people. So um, thank you, David. Thank you for, for writing it. Thank you for putting it out there. And thank you for not listening to the, the Irish person inside you going, what am I doing this for? Because I know that's going to give me and my family and my peers and colleagues a lot of value in what we do. Appreciate so thank that. You very much. That means a lot. It's a million. No problem. Until next time. We must organize that we play nine holes or three holes or do something next time you're oh, home. Definitely. My golf game is in uh, my golf game is actually in very good order at the moment for me. I'm hitting it a lovely 210 off the tee. I'm 
I can cut a five wood then 170 and onto the green. So I stopped playing yes. with all that. I stopped playing with certain people, but I'll find out how long you are. And if you're excellent off the tee, I won't be playing with you. But otherwise, definitely. Uh, Business-wise, okay. Uh, Dispersion-wise, not so good. <laughs> so we'll, 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 we'll uh, dovetail nicely. David Carney, thank you very much. Very good. Thanks, Patrick. That's great. Thanks, William. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I really did. I always love having a chat with David. I've been lucky enough to have about an hour, an hour and a bit of his time uh, recording, of course, his first episode there last year and, and today's one, uh, this bonus episode. So if you do like the old bonus episode, let me know. Is there space for two Paddy Talks po- golf podcasts uh, a week? Uh, and if you do like that, we'll, we'll, we'll look to do more of them. If you did like the show, please do leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you're new here, sound. Thanks for pressing play. Share the show with your family, with your friends, with your golfing groups. If you like sharing stories, I hope you do like the stories I'm bringing to your earlobes, your eardrums, into your sitting rooms, on your walks. Um, and if you're in the gym listening to this podcast, hopefully it's motivating enough. Um, but yeah, I, I won't take any more of your time today. Thank you again. Really appreciate your press and play downloading this this uh, little storytelling platform of mine. Uh, until we tee up again soon, I'm Paddy. Sound. Bye-bye. <laughs>